Hello, everyone. We're coming to you live with breaking news about a brand new poll that I can tell you has every member of the Democrat establishment at this very moment freaking out, freaking out because, gosh, what do you know? Donald Trump could actually just win again. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all this crazy money that's being spent in Ukraine. We're going to talk about how Joe Biden just can't seem to figure out this whole mask thing nowadays with COVID, even though his wife tested positive. He, he, what, can, he can't figure out how to put it on. Pretty amazing, considering what he used to tell us. And, you know, I actually want to get to some of this stuff that Tucker got into yesterday with his interview with this former felon who's done time and is making some pretty wild accusations about former President Obama. I didn't want to cover this story initially, but I'll tell you, actually, Ben Shapiro said something very interesting on Twitter, which was spot on, which was that Gene Carroll was covered at length. And the mainstream media was all in on that one. So why is there sort of like this uh, sense that Obama is untouchable? I'm not going to go into gory detail because believe me, it's gory and it's not my taste. But I'll give you enough to maybe be able to do your own research and you'll you'll know what's going on. Welcome to the program, everyone. Great to have you here. I am Trish Regan. Again, this is a live edition of the program. Do me a favor. Weigh in in the comments on the side. I do see all of them. So uh, I'll get to them as we come a little bit later in the show because I do enjoy hearing from you. I encourage you to talk amongst yourselves as well. And I encourage you to make some comments below once the live chat is over. It all helps. It all helps. And of course, of course, doing the favor of subscribing. We were brought to you in part, as always, by LegacyPMInvestments.com. I'm telling you, these are the guys. If you have any interest, and you should, given what's happening from an inflation standpoint, if you have any interest in investing in gold or silver, give them a ring. They'll walk you through it. They'll help you out. I've spoken to them. It's no pressure. It's not like really, really high sales tactic, you know, aggressive sales tactics. Their number is one 589 You can watch Charles. He was on the show just last week, over the weekend, actually. So there's a great long interview with him if you want to learn more. But again, it's one 589 And of course, you're always welcome to use my name. They will take care of you. All right, let's get to this new poll that CNN has out that is just causing so much fear and trepidation within the Democrat Party right now because the unthinkable could actually happen. I say they have only themselves to blame because they keep lying to us over and over and over again. And when you lie to the American people over and over and over again, you know, they get kind of sick of it. And they start looking around for the guy that who's, uh, you know, been told was lying. We've been told he was lying. And yet it turns out he wasn't lying. And so consequently, Americans are increasingly saying, you know, this guy's not so bad. And Biden is. (laughs) Biden is. So you're looking at Donald Trump and Joe Biden being neck and neck. They both have favorability ratings in the public of 35%. Now, that's not huge, but the fact that they're neck and neck is really telling you quite something. And here's what's more interesting. Roughly half of all American voters right now, registered voters, say they believe Donald Trump would do a better job with this country than Joe Biden is doing now. I mean, look, I'm just a policy wonk, right? Like, I loved the policies that we saw in place. Some things could have gone better towards the end. I don't think he should have shut down the economy. I was quite vocal about that. 
landed in me, landed me in a whole bunch of trouble, but you know, I don't care. I'll say whatever I need to say because I feel very strongly about these things. That was probably my only quibble. For the most part, however, in terms of the overall policy, it was some of the best economic policy that we have seen in years. Some of the best tax policy, although I personally didn't benefit because I live in one of those northeastern states that used to benefit from this sort of transfer payment that Donald Trump got rid of, but it was the most fair policy, and we did a lot to really help see some job growth, see some middle wage, wage growth, and fortunately, get people back to work. Inflation was low. Unlike now, we got 16% inflation. Thank you very much. Joe Biden likes to tell you otherwise, but we know the truth. And so again, when they lie to us and they lie to us and they lie to us, at some point, Americans just get kind of sick of it. And this is something the Democrats are kind of cluing into, and it's scaring them. Potentially 46% of Americans are willing to return him to the White House. Uh, It it certainly lays out what what this this poll, I think, does. It should should lay out to Democrats that this this is going to be a close election. They can't take anything for granted. Um, They should assume it's going to be decided by perhaps tens of thousands of voters uh, in the swing states that we all know about. Uh, And uh, and they better get cracking now because um, uh, there's a real risk. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this. There's a risk that Donald Trump yeah. could return to the White House. <sighs> he can't believe he's saying it, but he's going to say it because, you know what, that's the reality. And that's what the polls are showing. And if Biden keeps up this nonsense, and if we are able to prove, which I do think, if the House moves forward with an impeachment trial, we will prove we will see that there was a direct connection between what the son was doing and what the big guy was doing. If that gets proven out, I mean, it's game over. I mean, at that point, I guess they would welcome the opportunity to run somebody else like Kamala. Well, forget Kamala. Kamala's never, ever, 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 ever. You heard it here first, okay? I'm sorry. I'm a pretty good judge on these things. You know, I I can tell you who's going to be good on television, who's going to resonate with people, who actually has the je ne sais quoi. And by the way, the intellect to carry things forward, Kamala's not it. I promise you that. You have only to look at her polling data back in New Hampshire. New Hampshire, my home state, where we're usually, not always, but usually pretty consistent on selecting the winner as a first in the nation primary. Anyway, Kamala, no. Not happening. Definitely not happening. So they're going to have to go look around. I think Gavin Newsom is waiting in the wings, but he's got a whole series of policy failures that he's going to not really be able to live down. They'll just hope that he looks a little better and that he knows where he's going and that he doesn't fall over. I mean, this is how low the bar is, folks. Think about that. That's how low the bar. Can, can you walk up the, the steps of the plane? Can you not fall over at the Air Force graduation? I'm sorry, and I hate playing it, so I'll I'll spare you that because I'm still an American no matter what, and I don't like seeing our president fall, but nobody does. And then, and then, I mean, what kind of decency does he have? His wife has COVID. He's running around doing all his public appearances still (laughs) And, and, and actually going so far as to put the Medal of Honor on a a very elderly gentleman after having taken off his mask. I mean, huh? 
act of service to the nation and his comrades in arms. He's taking off his mask. You know, he's like a little kid. You know, the two-year-olds that they couldn't keep the masks on in the plane because they're irritating. And so the kid takes it off and then the mom's in trouble. He's like the two-year-old taking off his mask. He doesn't want to wear it. Look. Lord, buddy, we explain to the press, I've been tested again today. I'm clear across the board. But they keep telling me because this has to be 10 days or something, I got to keep wearing it. But don't tell them I didn't have it on when I walked in. Yeah. And then when he does walk in, he takes it off right away. But I should also point out, he walked right out of that ceremony before they even did the benediction. Again, not seemingly knowing where the heck to go. Okay, so he's kind of out, right? Like if they don't actually run someone else, they will lose for sure, without a doubt. I mean, this was the Democrats' fault with Carter. And I did say this would be Carter 2.0 all over again. It certainly has been. But Americans are frustrated because, you know what, there's like a whole bunch of stuff going on. I'm going to get to the Ukraine spending because it's just outrageous. Blinken's over there. By the way, John McCain, and I know many of you aren't necessarily huge fans of John McCain, but boy, was he pointing on this one. John McCain said years ago he did not want Antony Blinken getting a job as Deputy Secretary of State in the Barack Obama administration. He said, normally I don't vote against these things because I think that, you know, people should be able to choose their own people. But this guy is dangerous for the country and American lives will be at risk with Antony Blinken. He is dangerous for the country. Well, let me tell you about it. He definitely is. He definitely is. In my opinion, the way we got out of Afghanistan, the money that we're spending right now in Ukraine, we'll get to that in just a second, not to mention the corruption that may be involved, given uh, the little boy Hunter's escapades. But before we do, think about, again, why people now have decided that life with Joe just ain't so hot, right? Middle-class Joe is not looking out for the middle class. His own son, for goodness sakes, doesn't even pay his taxes, yet he wants middle-class taxes to go up. We've got a murder rate nationwide that's up 45% in the first six months of the year versus last year. We've got a border disaster, more on that in a second. We've got an economy that shows 16% inflation since he came to office. He likes to talk about it going down, but he's not looking at the, the, you know, you can make numbers do a lot of things. But if we just take it from when he came into office to where we are now, it's up 16%. Sure, it may have come down in the last couple months, not last month, and went up last month. But at times it's come down after he drove it higher, double digits higher. You know, I mean, you're feeling it at the gas tank right now because gas prices are going up, yet he doesn't want to drill in Alaska. Well, because he's trying to court the extremist left, environmentalists, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? This is a gigantic economic mess because there's no energy policy. There's no economic policy. There is no border policy. There is no let's be tough on crime policy. And consequently, the people are hurting. The people are hurting and even those liberals They're in New York City, like the mayor, Eric Adams. He's warning of how disastrous this president's policies on the border are. This president's unwillingness to deal with our immigration crisis. Watch him here. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue 
will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. One time we were just in Venezuela. Now we're getting Ecuador. Now we're getting Russian speaking coming through Mexico. Now we're getting uh, Western Africa. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We got a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in this city is going to be impacted. All of us. And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some, some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So as you ask me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do and they're destroying New York City? It's gonna come to your neighborhoods. All of us are gonna be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000, I'm telling you now, with 110,000, the city we knew, we're about to lose. And we're all in this together, all of us. Staten Island saying, send them out to Manhattan. Manhattan is saying, send them out to Queens. Queens is saying, send them out to Brooklyn. No, it's not the game we can play. Open the floor up. Wow. Compelling. I'm not a huge Adams fan. I, I think he's kind of missed the ball on a lot of stuff, but I'll tell you, I'll give credit where credit is due. That gentleman deserves credit for that speech because that's the reality of what's going on. Texas has had to deal with it. And I was like, oh, you know, Texas can deal with it. They don't like Texas, right? Because Texas is too much of a red state. Well, now it's creeping into urban communities in part because, yes, Texas is sending people to New York and to Chicago. And to San Francisco, as it should, because they can't deal with this either. And you know what? In Chicago, they're not happy either. I don't want them there. Take them someplace else or send them back to Venezuela. I don't care where they go. This is wrong. You got 73% of the people homeless in this city are black people. What have you done for them? There were lots of fireworks. Over the migrants moving into the Lakeshore Hotel for six months, where 300 can be housed. Also, the city says it's a fluid situation, and it will need to revisit that timeline. Yeah. Okay. So you know what? Biden keeps failing. He's failing our country. Think about the test scores that just came out the other day. American students seeing the worst performance in math and reading ever. And Biden doesn't want to take any responsibility for that. Pretending like it doesn't exist, thinking he can lie again, thinking he can lie like he tells us Bidenomics is working, thinking he can lie, like getting his buddies, 51 spooks to come out and say that that laptop of his son was nothing but a bunch of Russian misinformation. No, 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 no. We are tired of it. We demand the truth. 
And you know what? We're going to continue seeking it out one way, shape, or form. Reminder, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Make sure you go to the Apple podcast as well. Subscribe to the full audio version of this show. We got a lot of weird stuff happening. I mean, we learned, of course, yesterday that an indictment is coming for Hunter Biden. David Weiss, this special counsel now, he was basically put off, put off, put off, put off. He wasn't allowed to effectively do his job. And I don't have a ton of faith in the guy because he took that for an answer. You know what? When the FBI had this very special 1023 form, the FD 1023, in which they interviewed a highly trusted, confidential human source about Burisma and the relationship of the Bidens with Burisma, you know, the company that was paying Hunter 83 grand a month for a board job. They, they had information that said that there were 17 tapes of Biden Talking about the effective shakedown, right? How much they were going to get, which apparently was $5 million. It was a $5 million bribe. The, the thought is here it was five to Joe, the big guy, and five to the son. Now, these are the allegations. Why, why aren't we running that down? And why did they hide it from David Weiss? They hid it, according to this new information that came in from Heritage Foundation, reported on by the Federalist. They got this. Heritage did via a FOIA request. So... They hid it by putting it in the media, in the New York Times, of course, that did some false story on it and then sent the false story to David Weiss and his team, kind of like as a, hey, good luck trying this one type of thing, right? So that's all messed up. That's all messed up. And I'll tell you, we have to push. I'm going to, you know, I'm all over this. I'm not going to stop. We're going to continue pushing on that story because it is outrageous. It is outrageous. Um, One other story I wanted to get to, and I'm going to tell you, I don't like this story, and I am not even happy that I'm, you know, I'm very conflicted on even doing it, in part because it just is so unseemly, and uh, I try and keep it clean here, you know, Uh, and this is just gross. You know, the media is getting, I mean, look, we all had to report on Monica Lewinsky way back when, right? I mean, I was actually in school at that time. I was a student at Columbia. I can remember like this cable news was first becoming a big deal and watching this and being like, oh my gosh, like what has happened? We're kind of there again in that, oh my gosh moment, what has happened? Anyway, the media hates Donald Trump so much that they will go with lies like the dossier that was a flat out lie. And that was pretty disgusting. I read the thing in its entirety, read like a piece of opposition research. It certainly did not read like any kind of intelligence documents. Believe it or not, there is a difference. And so I, I saw through that thing right away. So if I were working in the intelligence community, my immediate reaction would be to go and try and track down all their sources. That's what one would do as a journalist, right? Like I'm not gonna go with somebody else's reporting. I need to know it myself. So they never bothered to do that. And there were anchors out there on rival networks like MSNBC and other places that kind of just went with this. And it was full on conspiracy theory nonsense. And I'm like, why do people do that? So I'm, as an individual, always very cautious about this stuff. And as an individual and as a journalist want to, again, just urge caution when you hear this little bit. I would encourage you actually to listen to the entire thing and and make your own judgment here about a gentleman by the name of Larry Sinclair. So I'm going to show you a little excerpt from Tucker's interview with Larry Sinclair. So this guy came out years ago when Obama was running and basically said that he had had an intimate relationship 
with Barack Obama and that they had done some illicit substances, specifically cocaine, together. This guy, I should point out, is not necessarily like somebody you'd consider a really trusted source because, uh, well, he's a convicted felon. But um, nonetheless, these accusations exist. And so I wasn't going to do it. And then I thought, you know what? I, I, I need to. And I need to because the other side would do this on Trump. And it's, you know, not that two wrongs make a right, but this is the world in which we live. Again, I encourage you to make your own assessment about this, and I'm just going to play a short clip of it here. But think about why it is that this story was squelched and all the stuff on Trump, including the dossier, which was fake, was not. Watch. I start putting a line on a CD tray. Uh, to snort. Uh, and you're, you're in, in the, the limo. limo. Yep. Driving or parked? No, the driver's driving. Yep. I start to put a line on a, on a CD tray, and I just happen to notice that he pulls something else out of his pocket. And next thing I know, he's got a little pipe and he's smoking. So I don't have an issue with it. I mean, some people smoke, some people snort. Smoking the cocaine. Yes. So as I'm doing a line... I just start, this is the part where you, you know, you kind of make your move to, to see where things are going. So I just started rubbing my hand along his thigh to see okay. where it was going. And it went the direction I had intended it to go. Um, ah, okay. Maybe that's all we need to hear for now. Anyway, Tucker did like a 40 minute interview with the guy. And I would just say, What's interesting to me, and you could say, well, maybe it's time and place. Maybe it's because it was that many years ago, and he was a successful African-American candidate. People didn't want to go there. It's possible. But look where they went with Trump. You know the gory, awful details of that dossier, which were all fake and were being reported as true. I mean, I remember John Brennan you know, former Mr. CIA guy who's out there like saying that he, he's got this on very good sourcing. I mean, they made the whole thing up. Just like all 51 of them came forward and said that Hunter Biden's laptop was just misinformation planted by the Russians so that Giuliani could get a hold of it. Giuliani, Giuliani, Giuliani. It's all Giuliani's fault. I mean, I just think if nothing else, I leave you with this. Think about the difference between how a Democrat candidate gets taken care of, and how a Republican candidate is torn to shreds. I mean, they'll make up stuff, right, on the Republican side. I have no, I, I have no idea what to really do with that information, and that's why I don't love bringing you stuff that's very hearsay. But the point being, it brings up a bigger, broader conversation, and that's why I thought it was relevant to look at. That bigger, broader conversation is they are so determined to take one guy down that they will throw out any and all standards. And that's wrong. We have to have standards as a nation. We can't say just because we don't like someone, we don't want him to be president, we're suddenly going to go around to every state we can get our hands on and say, yeah, keep him off the ballot, keep him off the ballot. We'll go ahead with that 14th Amendment thing, even though the 14th Amendment doesn't actually apply because, ha ha, he was not charged with an insurrection. Go through all 91 counts, ladies and gentlemen, not one charge of insurrection. So our country is in a bad place. 
there is one group that wants full control. And if we don't speak up, if we don't understand the truth or hear the real information, if we don't understand this double standard, then we're really not doing our service to our country and to our fellow Americans. Just taking it out to questions here. I just want to see some of your comments. Thanks, Don, for being here again. I, I threw you off today, guys. I came in with an early show. If we're lucky, we may have a matinee special later in the day. But I did want to just, just come to you and speak to you about this poll that had just come out. So I appreciate you all being here. Um, somebody's uh, complaining about Facebook right now. Probably because probably I did that Obama story. I mean, this is this is dicey. Like, I actually think that Tucker... Tucker needs to be careful right now. Like he just went where nobody goes. And I'm also going to say, you know, my friend Dinesh D'Souza did a big documentary on Obama. And the next thing you know, Dinesh was in jail. So let, let's all let's all hope for the best here. I I just think we've got to be. I don't like trafficking in misinformation, which is why I was disgusted by that dossier and even disgusted that it got published. And I don't love this Larry Sinclair information because I have no way of authenticating it myself. However, however, I think it's critical to at least get a little smidge of it so that you think about the double standard because that's really, really what's at stake, right? This double standard. And right now, there's a mentality if you would, in Washington, D.C., among the Democratic elites, which is my way or the highway. My son doesn't have to pay his taxes. My son doesn't have to register as a foreign lobbyist. My son can make money from Romania and China and Ukraine off all these energy companies, interestingly, given that, you know, they're also focused on the environment when these energy companies are clearly not. So I get it. Oh, you squelch American energy while taking kickbacks from all the foreign energy suppliers. Is that the deal? It's wrong. It's messed up. And I know, I know the Clintons, by the way, they set a really bad standard quite openly. Maybe it's better to do it in the open instead of behind the scenes. But you had Bill Clinton out there, hat in hand, asking everybody for money for the Clinton Global Initiative while his wife was Secretary of State. That was messed up. And you know what? Donald Trump could have gone after her for it, and he didn't. I remember asking him about it, and we were just talking. This was not actually on camera or anything. And he said to me, he didn't think ultimately it was the right thing for the country, that We're still the United States of America, and we don't want to be arresting people, putting them behind bars because they've been in public office, et cetera. He had, like, the guy has a heart, and he knew that it wasn't a good look. And sure enough, he leaves, and what do they do to him? I mean, come on. They have no respect for the United States of America. You know how we know they have no respect for the United States of America? I'm going to play you. Let me see if I can find it right here. My favorite soundbite that I will never stop playing from Hillary Clinton. In August of 2020, never forget, this is what she said. You know, Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out. And eventually, I do believe he will win if we don't give an... Everything he just said is absolutely false, but I'm not surprised. In the first debate, 
and we in the really first the debate, audience needs to I calm told down people here. that it would be impossible to be fact-checking Donald all the time. I'd never get to talk about anything I want to do and how we're going to really uh, make lives better for people. So once again, go to HillaryClinton.com. We have literally Trump. You can fact-check him, fact-check, fact-check him in real time. Last time at the first debate, we had millions of people. Uh, fact-checking. So I expect we'll have millions more fact-checking uh, because, you know, it is, uh, it's just awfully he good that someone with, with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Yeah, because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. <laughs> he didn't do it. But. We want to remind the audience to please not uh, talk out loud. Please do not applaud. You're just wasting time. Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out and eventually I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch. Okie dokie, okie dokie. You see, you see what was going on there. In other words, like I said, he... He, he didn't take that opportunity. I know a lot of you wish he did, but he felt that it wasn't dignified for the United States. But that was just a great line. And then the announcer's like, no, 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 don't get too excited because the audience like all started cheering. Anyway, we are in a bad spot. They're going to do everything they can to keep him off the ballot. I don't think it's legal what they're doing. So I think we're heading very quickly towards some kind of constitutional crisis. And that frightens me in many, many ways. Great to have you here. There may be an encore later this afternoon. So make sure not only that you are subscribed, but hit the bell so you know when I'm live. Thomas, good to see you. Captain, good to see you. All of you. Don, of course, back with us as well. Steven, very good to see you. Thank you for all your nice comments that I've seen on our multiple platforms. Really, yeah, Jonathan, we are in the divided states of America for sure. Maybe we just need to say the Pledge of Allegiance more. Do they even do that in school anymore these days? That's how we used to begin our day, every day in school, I remember. Hand over your heart, saying the Pledge of Allegiance. <sighs> you know, it kind of makes you wish for another time. Anyway, thank you for being here. Uh, you, may, you may not see me later this afternoon, so make sure you're subscribed, you hit the bell, and we'll talk some more.